We spoke about the three different types of communications with, with getting a non-Jew to do something on Shabbos. Direct communication, asking them to do something. We said is forbidden even from Erev Shabbos. Um, a direct hint, we said, is okay from Erev Shabbos to Shabbos or on Shabbos to Moshe Shabbos. Um, but not on Shabbos for Shabbos itself. A direct hit is when you, you actually mention what has to get done, but you don't actually tell the person to do it. And then the third thing is a completely indirect hint, which would just be saying it's very hot in here, it's cold in here, it's light in here, it's dark in here. Now, that is technically permitted on Shabbos, but we're going to show, we're going to discuss details of situations where even directly telling a guy is okay on Shabbos or hinting to a guy is on Shabbos, and we're going to get that into the next year. But for now, just the general ideas again, there's what about hinting to a guy through sign language, pointing to a switch, um, giving him an item or pointing to the garbage, which is pretty much asking them to take it out. What halakhic status does sign language have in terms of motioning to the guy to do something? That has the same halakha as a direct hint. So on Shabbos, for him to do something on Shabbos, doing a hint through sign language would be forbidden, but using sign languages before Shabbos for on Shabbos, which I don't know who would do such a thing, or on Shabbos, for Moitzoy Shabbos, that would be permitted. So that's something that may have some practical application where you motion to a guy, you know, that you need a car or something, and they get the hint that they would, should come and have it available Moitzoy Shabbos. So all of this goes into the first thing we have to take into account when involving a guy, and that is how to communicate. The second thing is, even when it's permissible to communicate, you're doing it the right way, either you're doing direct communication in situations which allow it, or you're using a direct hint in situations that allow it, or you're not using any hint and you're being very vague, which is permitted on Shabbos, all of these situations still rely on the next step, and that is, it's forbidden to benefit from the lacha that's done on Shabbos. Whether a guy does it, or a Jew does it, we cannot benefit from it. Now, what is considered benefit is not so simple. For one thing is, anything that's in the negative is not called benefit. Meaning, for a guy to turn off a light, so now you could sleep, for a guy to turn off the gas or off the air conditioner or turning the heat off, anything in the negative is not considered a positive benefit. So in the situations that the communication was done in a permissible way or for reasons that allow communication to be done, if the resulting thing is the removal of light, the removal of heat, the removal of the air conditioner, any of those situations you're not positively benefiting, and that would be okay. However, in the positive, very often there are problems with benefiting. So even if in terms of the communication there may be some per permission to be done in certain ways or for certain purposes, there still will be a problem of getting benefit. So let's talk a little bit about that benefit. Let's say turning on a light. A uh, light has two complications that we have to take into consideration. Number one is if it was actually if it was actually pitch dark and now the light goes on, you're getting complete, total, absolute benefit from that light. And you can't. You have to leave the room that the light was turned on. As a matter of fact, when we forbid benefit, it even applies if you did not ask for it at all. So long as the guy actually did it for you, you cannot benefit from that light. Now, if the guy walked into the room and it was dark and they wanted the light on, 
they turned on the light for themselves. We say, ner echad, ner a light for one is a light for all, and you could then enjoy the light because it was not put on for you. But assuming that the guy was not in the room, he comes into the room that's dark, and he turns on the light for you, that is considered benefit. You'd have to actually leave the room and not benefit from that light. Now, if there already was some light, and now he's making it brighter and more enjoyable, that is not considered an absolute uh, benefit that is forbidden. So as long as there was some light, moving to more light is not considered benefit that's forbidden. However, if the level of light was there, just enough to be able to walk through the room without tripping, but not enough to read, reading now by the new light that was added would be forbidden. That was considered an absolute new hana, an absolute new use and benefit from the light, that's forbidden. But let's say turning on the air conditioner, assuming that the room was somewhat bearable, you were able to be in the room without the air conditioner, now it's just more comfortable. The same thing with heat. Assuming that the room was somewhat livable, just you had to wear a coat or two, now they turn on the heat and now it's more comfortable. That is not considered a forbidden benefit if the heat goes on. But when you have something that you actually draw the line that you were unable to do, before the guy did the malacha, and now you're able to do it, that's forbidden. Another example, which is interesting, is, let's say there was already some candles, or there was a light on a Shabbos clock, and now the guy turned on more light for you, but then the candles went off, or the Shabbos clock turned the light off, and now you're totally benefiting all of your light from the light that the guy turned on for you. That's considered an absolute benefit from the guy's malacha, and that is forbidden.